Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me from his dungeon, I've got Ryan. You're still obsessed with this dungeon thing, aren't you? You do look very Fritzel-like in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's a good start, everyone. So, yeah. hello. <laughs> Justin, you look like you're at work. I am at work. You've got lots of tactics boards behind you. We've got a game. At, well, we've got an early kickoff tomorrow, so I had to get in today. Okay. Uh, Jesse, you're right. I'm so great. Ryan's back. Oh, couldn't super. be better. It's not Martin, though, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me go there. <laughs> and bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, chubby-cheeked, we've got Adam from the Sunday Show. It's a special treat. It is. It is. Well, Justin was possibly not going to make it tonight, so I needed some sort of sarcasm towards my beloved Liverpool. So I thought I'd bring you up. There's the. I've been called up from the minor leagues, have I? This is like... Um, this it's a double like, team. Yeah, this is like some kind of great comeback. You're Sean Bean in um, When Saturday Comes. <laughs> You're showing your age now, aren't you? I am, unfortunately. I was trying to think of the equivalent, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're Roy Essendon. There's probably another ex- example of the same film, probably with um, Adam Sandler in it again. Like... <laughs> Soccer dog. There you go. Yeah. Soccer dog. Brilliant. <laughs> Right, guys, this week we're going to be talking about the Champions League, FA Cup, Premier League, uh, other bits and bobs of news, but we'll start with the Champions League. Uh, we're going to make Ryan stew a little bit longer, Fine. Uh, because we're going to start in Manchester. We have Manchester United 1, Seville 2, um, Romelu Lukaku pulled one back for Manchester United after Wissam Ben Yedder, or Ben Yedder, Ben Yedder, uh, scored two for Seville. Um, I was watching Roman Shakhtar on the other side because I thought this would be United scoring a goal and defending for the next 85 minutes. Did anybody think similarly? Um, I just thought that it was very upsetting that no one on Twitter, as far as I could tell, made the um, all-too-obvious Barber of Seville jokes. (laughs) And I'm just disappointed in everyone, everyone I know. Why didn't you make the joke, then? Yeah. (laughs) Mm, That's true. You're right. I apologize. Sorry. (laughs) I let you all down. Um, the United fans, Adam, was singing attack, attack, attack. Uh, Josie has defended his comments in a rather bizarre way, saying, well, I don't care. I've won here before. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> I, I love the idea of I've knocked you out twice in the Champions League at this stage, so you're used to this. This is no yeah. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what did you make of those I no- comments? I normally do better than this, so this is all on you. You're, you're holding me back. Mm. Odd. Odd. And uh, clearly we're not... Uh, I'm not taking the way that he maybe hoped Manchester United fans would take them. <laughs> uh, if you're a Manchester United player listening to that, what would you make of it? 
Well, I'd, I'd be thinking, oh, he's trying to get himself sacked. Or he's, he wants that three-season thing. Because, you know, he, every third season that he's at a club, he leaves. He just wants to get that started now. Because this is this is the steady decline that Mourinho always gets himself into, where he starts blaming other people rather than himself. Is Paul Pogba the new Ike Casillas? That's the question. Probably. <laughs> he'll, he'll drop him and say he's not right. Or There's other players. I mean, his, his obviously thing today was he, he lambasted players that have left and said, you know, see where they're playing now, if they're playing at all. You know. He also asked for more money for better transfers, but it's just, I mean, it's almost like too stupid to say, but when you look at the amount of money that they have spent and who they have spent it on, I mean, how, how many more Bitcoins can you possibly give this man and what crazy robot player is he going to get? What is what? <laughs> like a, a question for for everyone. A, a debate I had with my friend on Wednesday night was: Has football left Jose Mourinho behind, or does he just not have Jose Mourinho players at Manchester United? Well, I, I was thinking that same thing not that long ago. But let's not forget. I mean, this is no defense because they were dreadful, and it was down to his tactics and his ideas. But he's just coming off pretty thoroughly besting Jurgen Klopp tactically. Um, that where where you know using using Liverpool's um, pace and running with the ball to clog up the middle of the pitch and pretty much eliminate. Sorry any for people real, who real cannot see what just happened. Chris reacted to that statement by doing <laughs> yes. the um, live action version of the yeah. of the cartoon googly eyes popping out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I, I put it this way: I thought he got his tactics spot on against Liverpool. I thought he got them spot on against Pochettino. I thought he got him spot on against Conte. Um, so, is he yesterday's us. man? Well, he's beating a lot of today's men. But there's something... He's so risk-averse, and he's becoming even more so. And, and this sets us up for to, to, to talk in a little bit about um, the draw that came out today. Um, because of the away goals rule in Champions League knockout stages, I think he puts so much stock in that that he can't make any decision without taking that into account. And and for that reason, Severo there to be attacked, and they didn't. And I think they were just looking to nick the one goal, and obviously it didn't come. Um, so I don't know if it's that, that his ideas... Uh, it's not so much that. I just don't know if, if he's still able to translate his ideas to players effectively without them getting tired of it within a season or two. So why would he switch Marcus Rashford from one wing to the other after he scored there um, on Sunday? Because yes, Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't playing for Seville. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you say that about how he got his tactics right against all those top Premier League managers, but when you look at... He just got them so wrong against Seville. When you look at the stats about the most chances conceded by Manchester United by a single player in the Premier League was nine by Christian Eriksen, but 17 by Benega, sort of like, absolutely torn apart. Yeah. Um, uh, it's inexplicable. I don't really have an answer for it. Uh, I, well, that's what you're here for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, well, Sanchez was awful as well, wasn't he? In that he was supposed to obviously be a bit of their knight in shining armour. He Didn't he give away the most give the ball away the most of any player in the Champions League this season. 
but he's there half a season early, so we have to just ignore this. That's what Mourinho said. <laughs> like, I... Ignore the fact that they're paying him 400 grand a week and they bought <laughs> pay that much money for him because he's done it in the Premier League before. It's irrelevant. But I think that's the thing. I think that all of his blustering gets you know, gets in his way fine, but gets in his players' way sometimes. I don't I think you can't discount at this point the psychological effect of having Mourinho as a coach. Um so Adam to your question, like what what does Mourinho do to his players? And I think it depends on the player, but I think it takes a certain kind of player to to succeed under that. And I think there are fewer and fewer players who are going to be willing and able to put up with this kind of inconsistent message and bullying tactics and, um, you know, I don't know, That's emotional point, bullshit Kirsten. is the only kind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying it has left him behind because those players aren't around anymore. There aren't. He can't create that same siege mentality he had with Drogba, Terry, Lampard. I mean, can he? Yes. As long as we keep paying him to do it, he he can. But, but you know, who... We've seen sort of the collapse of players under him. Ah, I, I'm completely torn. I, I tend to think that football's left him behind, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were sat here in 12 months' time and one midfield player who can bring the best out of Modric, um, about Matic and Pogba turns Manchester United into a team that can challenge for the title and are competing with Manchester City. I could see that happening in one player. Who's that then? Well, I don't know who it is. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you were going to <laughs> announce a <laughs> name. I don't think Mourinho would be there, though. I think that's the. I think that's the point. In my, I'm trying to. I don't think Mourinho is going to be there at the end of next season. I'm very aware that Adam is on this podcast, so I can't blatantly rip stuff off of Football Weekly this week. But <laughs> <laughs> they they were talking on there about the fact that if United's game was to sit back and defend, why did Seville manage to have 21 shots on goal? Steven and Zonzi managed 94 passes in this game. Everbenega managed 13 interceptions as well. Yeah, that, that's the thing that's baffling about it to me because because they they didn't attack, but they were still very open. Um, it, it just is a strange, strange thing he's got going on there. Uh, he, he wants to play the four-two-three-one always. If you've got uh, two reliable holding midfielders to sit in front of the back two, the two center backs, then there really shouldn't be the kind of space for players to carry the ball forward, pick runners out in front of them, have lots of shots. Yet that space was there. Um, and that's the kind of space you normally give up if you're a side um, like er, I would say er, Liverpool early in the season, who have a, a front six that are just sort of rampaging forward all the time, looking on, to get on the end of attacking moves. You're going to expose your back four a lot playing that way. I think Klopp learned a lesson from that game away to Spurs, and, and they've been much tighter since then. I don't know how Jose managed to do that. I don't know how he managed to not attack and still be so open, but they were. I'm not convinced in that Liverpool game that they were that brilliant. I just think that he, Rashford exploited that channel between the left centre-back and the left-back, and that was the difference in the game. Well, I agree, that, but I would say defensively, that was one of De Gea's quieter games of the season. He's been worked harder by Huddersfield, so I was very surprised by that. I'm sure Chris was too, that that game didn't turn on a magical De Gea save. It was really not called upon very much at all. Well, I've written here, De Gea fed up, question mark, because he's been there sort of four or five years now. Uh, and as Jose... He's been there longer than that. Has he? Yes. Uh, okay, well, he's been there longer than that. And as Jose alluded to in his 
press conference, Manchester United's performance in the Champions League since 2011 when they got to the final is pretty poor. Um, their performance in the league hasn't been great. City are looking to dominate for some time to come. What reason has got David De Gea got to stay in Manchester? Because no one else is going to pay him anywhere near as much money. But at some point you're going to realise the fact that that's going to happen. So you take a drop in wages to win trophies. How come when I bring this point up and I substitute the name Mo Salah for David De Gea? <laughs> Strange, isn't that? There's only one side winning trophies this season in England, so there'd be a lot of fed-up players um, wanting to make a move if they would looked at it in those terms. I, I think I'm sure, I think trophies are right. overrated. No, I have to say that. I've got to say that. Hey, he's right. <laughs> Trophies are overrated. Go on, discuss. Is it well, dissertation? Just, I, like you say, like only there's only what four trophies every season that you can win at best. Only four. Champions League, uh, the cha- uh, Charity Shield. All right, Jose. <laughs> Gerard as well. He did that, Mister Julio. <laughs> hmm. uh, Keep in I mind, he already he does have one league winners medal. He did I win think, it once. I just think that players want to compete for trophies. Sure. But I don't think that they think that uh, necessarily winning them is the be-all and end-all all the time. Well, you think it's a job same as everybody else? I think to some players. Is that him now, Justin? What could be? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I think where, if you're, just if you're can specific, you ask where he wants to transfer to? If you're specifically talking about David De Gea, all this talk that there has been for years and years is about Real Madrid. is isn't going to happen because they won't sign him because if he was to play for Real Madrid... He would be paid. Um, the only players paid more than him would be Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale. Are you, so, are you, are you suggesting that? So, I mean, Real Madrid are going to drop their interest in Courtois because I'm sure they've been watching his uh, excellent nutmeg attempts that he, he loves to do himself. Let's um, bomb should drop their interest in Courtois after Wednesday night. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, I think it's David Hay. I think I think the, the the idea of players not wanting to win trophies. I, I don't I don't buy that. That's why so many people, so many players move from their clubs because they they always want to win trophies. Um, unless obviously Arsenal fans want to win fourth place or anything like that. But I mean, I, he, he is Spanish. I don't think he'll be at Manchester United when he's thirty three. I don't think he'll finish his career there. But I don't think he's. I don't think a move is imminent. Imminent. And um, who saw the? Did anyone just quickly about that? Did anyone see the stats about the? Um... His difference between his XG and um, com- when compared to the other keepers in the top five. I still don't oh, understand I XG. <laughs> there was a stat on Twitter that said, um, and it took uh, the top five or six goalkeepers. I don't think it took Liverpool because of the switching between the two. And um, it had their the XG that they've been exposed to and their goals conceded in a differential. And David De Gea was plus 13. The next nearest goalkeeper was Edison, who was plus 0.9. Yeah, it's it, it's not close. There's a, a friend of mine, Sam Jackson, if anyone wants to follow him on Twitter. Goalkeeper metrics are very, very, very difficult, and they're mostly unreliable. And most of the ones that we've traditionally relied on, um, including save percentage, don't paint a very accurate picture. Um, but Sam um, has worked pretty hard to come up with uh, a metric for goalkeepers that does make a lot of sense. It takes into account the difficulty of each shot. Um and and so he's he's got a metric and it's similar results to that that he is um 
there's nobody really particularly close to him in terms of preventing goals, which is still always going to be the, the most important task for a goalkeeper. Craig Burley was right about XG. Um, have you seen a 12-minute rant from, not rant, sort of monologue from Jose today? I'm going to use it in my next audition. It's, it's honestly pretty, it's yeah, so brilliant. You should, you should just use it. And it's, it's the amount, he actually pauses so much when he says, football, heritage. And every time he, came, he brought it up, he took that little pause. He was definitely doing it for the cameras. He started with a jolly little hello to everybody, didn't he, before he sat down? <laughs> the man has a sense of drama. He does. Oh, it was I don't fascinating know. to watch, wasn't it? Oh. It, it? It very much reminded me of the facts speech from Benitez a few years ago in terms of you could tell how prepared it was. You oh, know, he'd been on Wikipedia, you know, hadn't he? Yeah, the amount of stats that he had. No, and he had it. rehearsed that, like, in the car, in the shower. <laughs> that was... It was good. It had a rhythm. <laughs> so for me, the, the benchmark's always the, pe- the pep speech aimed at Jose. Is it as good as that? Do you know what I it mean... was? It was, a, it was? it was fascinating to watch. It was a real controlled piece of oratory because you can tell he's been memorising these um, stats that he comes out with. And he's got a, he's got a series of points he wants to get out. And he goes through them, sort of ticks them off in his head one by one as he goes through. He talks about everything from... United performance in Europe to City's performance in the Premier League um, through to the fact that when he went to Real Madrid, only two players had ever been in the Champions League quarterfinals at um, Real Madrid, forgetting the fact that most of them actually won a World Cup. Um, so it, it was... Did, did anyone ask him what Ancelotti did after he left? Someone tried to ask a question, but he interrupted them. And carried oh, that on. Was a, that, I was about to say, that was the best bit. I think they tried to say, you know, Jose, shall we move on? Move on. He was like, oh, you want a couple more examples? I've got a couple yeah. more examples. It was very comprehensive. Like, he was going to get into the decline and fall of the Western Empire, but he, he didn't have enough time. Full... It was an iambic pentameter. It was really I, good. It's just he was like, oh, well, when, when, I, when I leave, my successor will have Lukaku and Matic. Yeah, right. I never I never understand what's to be gained by trying to control the narrative in this way because there is no scenario by which your audience and the greater football public in general says you're right we agree with you even if that were to happen there's no tangible benefit to it it doesn't it's not like he can make this case with facts and many of his facts were were accurate and make such a compelling case that everybody looks around and agrees and says they're back in the Champions League <laughs> we forget them we forget them. Imagine a speech that good. Yeah. <laughs> They're back in. And you know what? Yeah. Ten more points in the that's, oh. that's right you are. Ben Yedda comes out and tweets. You guys have heard me say this before about the whole managerial, managerial distractions where they, they take the pressure upon themselves and they distract. And you hear this about Jose a lot. Oh, he's trying to distract from the result. The points are still lost. There's nothing you can do to get them back. And so... I, I do think there's some. I, I do think players appreciate that sometimes. Um, what, what's really helpful for Jose is now is that he doesn't. The, the narrative isn't even about what he's trying to bring up to distract them. It's about the fact that he's doing the distracting. Yeah, and so it doesn't work on the level that he was. Got a meta. Work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's probably the simplest answer. Right, we spent 18 minutes talking about Manchester United, so we've got to get on. Uh, but next up in the cup for them is Brighton um, at home. Are they going to? go for it you think i mean they have to go for it now don't they after what happened but they're willing because he yeah, doesn't but... want to start going if, if he goes for it and then they lose and then he'll say well look i went for it and we lost or you is he gonna go play... for it against Brighton, chris that's dangerous stuff <laughs> <laughs> or is he gonna sort of 
do it on his own terms. He'll do it on his own terms because that's the only way that he knows. God, do you know what? You're like a, he's like an embittered ex to you, isn't he? He is. He'll put, he'll put Rashford home... on defence now. You don't know. Did you come you home know. one day and find sort of Jose with your best mate or something? <laughs> yeah. In the My swimming pool. Club. In the yeah. swimming pool, yeah. <laughs> After you've taken your father's shares. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Um... Also, the Champions League on Tuesday with Roma 1, Shakhtar. Now, I watched this one. This was pretty good fun, actually. Did anybody else see this? No, I'm shaking my head now. But then I realised that no one else can see me shaking my head. This was great. Edin Dzeko scored the winning goal and afterwards said he was right not to go to Chelsea because he wouldn't have experienced nights like this. And the ball boy got pushed over the advertising hoarding, which is always good fun. Probably deserved it. I think he did. (laughs) Sometimes I think me and you look for different things out of football games, Chris. <laughs> oh, I watch you... every game in the hope that the ball will hit the corner flag and stay in play. That, that, <laughs> that happened like once. That, you, that happened for Leeds against Liverpool in the 1992 Charity Shield um, and helped Eric Cantona get a hat-trick. It happens yeah, it, all it, the time. How is 1992 the most relevant <laughs> reference to that? Football was better in the 1990s. <laughs> um, okay, so... Brian. Yeah. Strap yourself hey, up. Ryan. It's fine. Fine. Right, have, have a Malteser. Let's do this. Before we go into this, can I just... I, I want to take a talk. I sat um, in the place we were going to watch the game with my mate, and we were talking about this game, and I was saying, oh, I was interested to play Giroud. I think that what they should do is they should they should really go for it for the first 10 minutes. So they concede it's not the end of the world, but <laughs> ideally they want to stay in the game. And... And then if it doesn't work after 10 minutes, they can drop back and defend. Um, I went to go get a drink and just missed the start of the game. And when I came back, it was already 1-0 down. Yeah. And, and the, the thing about saying Chelsea, they can drop back and defend, that's actually indicating that Chelsea can actually defend. I, I have a question because I missed the start. My friend suggested there's a chance that you didn't even touch the ball between kickoff and... <laughs> Apart from, no, you, he's right. It, well, it includes was, it hitting Courtois' legs. Well, I was hoping, to, yeah. I was hoping yeah. to, uh, to uh, avoid that, but okay, great. You know, <laughs> even better. Well, since we're mentioning Thibaut Courtois, uh, Justin, while I was getting tonked 16 1 at my five aside, Thibaut Courtois was having a bit of a nightmare of his own, wasn't he? Can we yeah, blame him for because, those goals? Well, the first one was definitely one he'd want back. We, we had a discussion just last week on Twitter, me and David Priest and all, Tim Dittmer and all the normal suspects, about goalkeepers conceding between the legs. And it's it's. The consensus is that it's a difficult save when it's hit with pace directly at you from a range where you're not close enough to close the attacking player down, but you're too close to react normally. The problem with both of the goals is that Courtois sort of needlessly put himself in that position. The first one is far away enough that, he, and, and from a tight enough angle that there's no reason his, in his set position his legs should be that wide. He really should be much more tight and compact. That one should just hit him. And the second one... He comes what we call he comes up the line towards Messi. He's never going to actually get to him, um, and there is a defender coming across, meaning Messi's got to hit it. And so if if he if, if that were Lloris or De Gea in that situation, they'd have been a, a step from their near post. They would have had an extra three yards reaction time, and they would have they would have gotten the wickets snapped closed. Um, it is something I, I, I that we heard some talk about. Barcelona may have actually been targeting this. They may actually feel like this is a weakness, and if you get in close around goal, you just whack it as hard as possible right at him. I find that hard to believe. Your, your odds are still better going for a traditional finish, but 
certainly he's got to take take the fault on the first goal. And and honestly, the second one isn't great either. I'll, if I'll you watch the second one. one, yeah. If you watch the second one, I, I, forgive me, I don't remember who scored. Dembele. Are we talking about the Dembele goal or the second? Yeah, Dembele. the Dembele goal. The Dem- and Dem- this Dem- is another strange decision where he comes up the line a little bit and he goes into a barrier position with his hands very down low by his feet. But Dembele's only a, a, a couple of steps inside the box, and it's a shooting situation. It's a traditional shooting situation where you're in a set position with your hands somewhere waist high or above, and then you use your hands to react and make the save. He's got his hands way down by his ankles, and the shot goes up over his shoulder, and, he, and he's got further to go with his hands. He's not able to get a hand on it or just get a touch on it. Well, Actually, I think that's the actual problem is he, he carries it over yeah. Rudiger. Exactly. Rudiger's there to make the clearance, and he gets a hand on it and touches it over him. And again, that comes from that starting position with the hands very low. So he's a very good goalkeeper. It was a bad, difficult night. In all fairness to him, he, he did actually come out after the game. And after a lot of Chelsea's bad performances this season, he's usually been the one to come out and, and, how, and hold his hands up. Which Okay, but I could play a goal and come out and say that I did bad for Chelsea every week. It doesn't help the situation, does it? You'd be quite happy to do that, wouldn't you? I think time. also, I think yeah. If I get any, a fraction of his money, I'll do that. I, I think Petr Cech sort of set the standard for that the other week when he did that after Arsenal's uh, after the game they lost, and he came out and publicly accepted the blame for both both goals and sort of puts the onus on goalkeepers now to to match that level of honesty. And to Courtois' credit, he did. I mean, yeah, but, you're right. People could people can come out, but at the end of the day, the captains don't. Like I can't remember what game it was a few months ago, but Courtois was the one that came out. He's not the captain. Cahill didn't, you know, assume that responsibility. And, yeah, Courtois this time was, was definitely a fault for all three. I mean, Chelsea was still giving the ball away like like anything anyway. I mean, all three goals stemmed from a bad pass or bad possession in the first place. So it wasn't just Courtois. He should have done better, but, but Chelsea is he not, as, some, as someone who's watched him a lot, is he not having... Until Wednesday night... Where it's sort of been highlighted. Is he not having a sneaky bad season? Wait, I mean, he's still got 13 clean sheets in the Premier League. Um, he, he still makes good saves. I think he hasn't had the best season, but I don't think he's had a. I don't think he's had a bad season. I mean, Chelsea as a whole have had a bit of a bad season anyway, which never helps. Jesse, Chris. Should, we make, should we make Ryan feel a bit better? Because Marcus Alonso, oh, Marcus Alonso hit the post from a free kick, and Chelsea hit the post or the woodwork four times in this, this, this over the course of the two legs. Um, How many sh- other shots did they miss? I have no idea. What's the total number of misses? Justin, <laughs> 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 <him>, shut up! <laughs> and should they have had a penalty as well on Wednesday night with Marcus Alonso? No, no. Okay, done. Next. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's like having two Justins. Wow. Well, this is, <laughs> is going to be fun to not edit now. Great. This is assertive. Uh, uh, go on. Sorry, JC. No, I don't know how to... I'm now scared to jump into that fray. Oh, oh. I, thought that was, I thought that was a fantastic bit of refereeing because when I watched it in, in initially, I thought that was a penalty. And as you watch it, the more and more you watch it back, the more I think it, every every shot I saw made me less convinced it was. Shame we didn't have the referees from the Arsenal game then, because well, I'm sure we'll get up to that. We'll get that's on Jesus. page. That's on page two. I know. I said. Uh... <laughs> anyway, oh. bad result. Was it a nice? Was, was it a nice well. hug between Courtois and Messi at the end, Jesse? Messi, Messi loved everyone. Messi went over to Conte. They had a moment. Oh, it must uh, be nice when you score two goals in the Champions League game. You know. I don't know what's happening. Oh my. You know, you, 
can't score for seven games against Chelsea and then just wants it's like buses. <laughs> He's got one, he doesn't stop. Like leave us alone. Right, well, I feel so sorry for you right now. I'm so I know, sorry. Chill. <laughs> Who saw the BT Sport analysis of Lionel Messi? Um, did you see that, Ryan? Was it? I, I saw a bit where there was a clip of Rio Ferdinand going absolutely crazy in the box or something. No, he was talking about the fact that Messi. One of, one of the things that Messi does very well is he'll receive the ball, he'll run for a little bit, and then he'll stop and draw the tackle or draw the yeah. attention of the defender, mm. and then he'll start again with a quick turn of pace. And of course, by then he's sort of wrong-footed the defender. And they yeah. showed three or four examples of that. The, the burst of pace to get by the, I think, three or four Chelsea defenders for the third goal is yeah. phenomenal. It is. It's that, that, that's good that they highlight that because, it's, to me, it's always been two things. That and football. I, <laughs> so I, I, I've always thought he's quite good at football, yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's yeah. all right, I guess. Yeah. Good. I, 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 I think this, that... There's some so, so, it gets so trivial. I was watching a really interesting YouTube clip on um, that was going around on Twitter about his um, his work off the ball with his teammates, where he was literally shepherding Dembele into into the right space, telling him not to press, telling him to press, telling him to go wider, and just like, yeah, he's probably quite good at football, isn't he? This guy is probably the, <laughs> the best player in the world ever. And uh, yeah. talent, shocking. There. Barcelona have real found a gem there. I hope he, I hope he makes it to the big time. Yeah. Just, well, I, I think but he hasn't won a World Cup, of... though, so... <laughs> Henry Winter doesn't like him. Out of who, um, what country does he play for? Argentina. Great, thank you. Just fact-checking <laughs> there. Um, We've not mentioned guys... Uruguay and Luis Suarez yet, have we, in this conversation? We have not. It's because he was barely in the game, wasn't he? Yeah. No! Ooh. Um, thank you for that intro. So here's what I want to say, and you can all disagree, <laughs> but you're wrong if you do. Luis Suarez... Mate. <laughs> Biting noises there. Right <laughs> so, what? What I think we've seen in the, what is happening in my apartment? I'm really sorry, Ryan. Do you want me to? I don't no, know. I can't, what, even, I can't even hear anything now. I think okay. maybe it's the voices uh, in your head. It's the Suarez yeah. voice. It's Luis Suarez. Uh, there are like dogs. There's a weird noise. It sounds like a wall is coming down. That's definitely Lewis Farrows. Negretto, Jesse. I don't know what's happening outside. It's inside. Um, anyway, let me tell you about how great Luis Farrows is. Um, I think that, that um, losing Neymar has forced everyone to readjust. And what we've seen from Luis Suarez is um, the ability to make tremendous runs to draw defenders away so that Dembele and Messi can make incredible um, link-ups in the I'll box. I'll give you that. His run for the first goal is very intelligent. Thank but you. Antonio no, Griezmann will no. be doing that next season. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh. Um, I think that he's also sometimes too unselfish, Suarez, with the last pass. Um, but he always knows where every single other player is on the pitch at all times. So his ability to make those runs really coincides with his ability, like with his vision and awareness of his uh, teammates. So I think he is tremendous. Has anybody has anybody noticed his sort of um, rebirth on Twitter as a, a Juan Mata <laughs> style cultural? Do you weirdly notice how great his English is? I will tell you yeah. something. As someone who has seen him speak in person, the man does not speak English. Right. It's easier uh, like, to write, though. 
<laughs> I, I don't follow him. I don't follow him, but he gets retweeted into my timeline a lot, and it, it, it's all this wonderful Renaissance man sort of stuff. That's Google uh, Translate PR stuff. Yeah. One I think it's fascinating. I do follow him. I commented on one of them a while ago. Like, what's going on? Can we, like, rewind, like, a couple of minutes and just, if we're talking about great Twitter users, a second, did you see Ben Yedder? Yes. After the Sevilla game, yes. because yes. someone tweeted, this is the man that's going to knock Man United out of the cup. And he yeah. said, this guy knew before me. <laughs> oh, no. That is what I was thinking about. Did you see what he said after the game? He tweeted to uh, France football. Oh, the national you can follow team me back. And said, follow back. Yeah, question mark. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I mean, no one can beat Peter Crouch at Twitter ever, but that was... He had a good week, too. He had, Peter Crouch had a good week, too. Somebody tweeted some stat about how Messi has more goals in the Champions League than, than Peter Crouch has in his career or something. And he quoted the tweet and said, Messi better than Crouch shocker. Who would have thought? <laughs> Peter Crouch, like, you just want to be his friend. He wins at Twitter all the time. Peter, if you look, I think it's the list of English goal scorers in the Champions League. Peter Crouch is um, uh, sneaky high on that list. As he is for England, he's got one in two for England, hasn't he? Mm. Oh, the other thing about high playing football for seventy nine years. The other thing about high scoring players, uh, Lionel Messi. I saw a tweet today. Scored something like four hundred and forty two goals since two thousand and ten, and that's one more than Stoke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but can he do it on a cold Wednesday night (laughs) in Stoke? That's the question. Alone, one v eleven, it'd be. It'd be close. <laughs> uh, Chelsea well, next are away to Leicester in the cup. This is the Erlen Johnson derby. Do you remember this, Justin, where Erlen Johnson fell over like a giant swan in the penalty area? And this is 1997. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the derby for this. But this one's at the um, uh, at Leicester Stadium rather than the bridge. So how do we think this one's going to go? Again, really, this is all Chelsea got to play for. So are they going to go for it? But the same for Leicester. They've got to go for it as well. They've got nothing to lose, have they? Conte's definitely got to go for it. I think the is Conte bothered? Do you think he's, he's not? Going to be no, he, he, uh, I think Conte he, strikes me think... as someone who'd like to pour gasoline on everything. <laughs> I think he wants <laughs> to go throw out that match high. over his shoulder on his way out. I think he, I think he probably does want to go out on a high, um, because he's definitely on his way out. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He, he's definitely in in the on the end of the road there, but. It, yeah. It's a difficult one. Leicester games are always really quite tight, actually, and we, we normally, it's normally quite high scoring. Um, so it'll be very interesting, especially the, the type of team. He usually tries to play a bit more of the youth team in the FA Cup, but everyone's out on loan, so I'm sure it'll be the normal 11, probably. Okay. And also, I think Leicester will win this. Go on. You think Leicester will I think win Leicester... Yeah. You're not invited back. I don't like <laughs> What is this? Chelsea will always win until proven otherwise. <laughs> And I had some proof of that. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. final game of the Champions League was Besiktas losing 3-1 at home to Bayern, 8-1 in our group, which featured a cat on the pitch. Who saw that? Yeah, and they're being, they're being fined for it. Yes. They need to no, they can tell cats what to do. You, exactly. Oh. You cannot control a cat. And, and stadiums are not airtight for small felines. They can get in. I think that There are makes... three cats that have lived in the Estadio Centenario in Montevideo for like years and they've tried random like they've tried hard to make them go away i swear to you they live there as like a like an f you to the groundskeepers <laughs> you cannot you cannot make cats do well, the cats I mean, are the ultimate in reverse psychology are they getting fined for making the cat their man of the match 
because <laughs> didn't the bot? I think the English Bayern account asked the Twitter who was your man of the match, and they included the cat, and the cat actually won the vote. <laughs> Uh, quarterfinals then is uh, for the Champions League is Roma Barcelona, Juventus Real Madrid, Bayern Munich Seville, and five times winners Liverpool are playing two times quarterfinalist Manchester City. Um, anyone got any thoughts on that at all? I, I feel like you a... have some thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask a quick question about the Besiktas thing. Did Charisma not do anything? Is that I thought Charisma would, would you know save I, the day for you, Chris? I was waiting for him to single handedly take them on, but alas, not. No, <laughs> Chris. When when are are Liverpool playing City? They play them, I think, the week before uh, the Manchester derby. When City no, no, I mean, the which, which decade? Not nineteen seventy four. It's fine. <laughs> I was I was thinking, Chris, don't answer it. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in all honesty, when this result came out, I was quite pleased because we seem to do very well against City. The five nil with Mane being sent off, notwithstanding, we've done very well, well against does, them. That does count. Um, what's the aggregate score this this season in the two league games? Uh, is it six four to us? No, it's not. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I'm asking, but didn't you? What was the? What was the know. game? What was the weight? So I could just see going to Justin for sympathy. <laughs> him saying, "Hang on, let's tally this up and see if you're deserving." Was it five. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honestly forgetting. They beat us five 0 but we beat them. That was after Marnie got sent off, so we beat them at our place last season. Kicking the goalkeeper in the head. Let's not forget that. It's important the game at your That's place, banter. though. This is why. This is why you can't win the tie the way you, the game went at home. You beat them 4-3. Okay. Having been up 4-0. And I see that same kind of thing. I see that same inability to lock the game down. The, 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 I love Klopp. It's, it's so exciting to watch. Such a great, fun team to watch. But this is really, really dangerous now because of, again, because of away goals. And having a difficult time managing and finishing out a game where you may, you may very well start it by overwhelming them again, which you can do at Anfield. You can do that to anybody. But, I don't know, if, if you don't finish two goals clear and you concede a couple, I think that, that the tie will be in. I mean, I, I, think it's a, I think it's more than likely City wins the tie. They're a better side. Well, we beat them at their place in recent years as well. I think it's going to be tighter than what you think. Uh, I, very well, mate. I think it'd be the most entertaining tie for sure. Recent years is not, you know. I mean, this is this is Pep, Pep's second year. This is a different machine. I don't think I don't think there's there's anything really to com, to you know any any previous fixtures are, are going to be a fair reflection on how this will go. Look again. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to needle you. I, it's a great great tie that as a neutral I can't wait to see. Um, it's surprising to me how it's being treated like a clash of the titans thing when when City are, are better. Chris, just, Chris, because you know you were just looking at those two games in the league. How many points behind City and Liverpool? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's because we fail against everybody else. Uh, so long as we succeed against Manchester City, that's okay. There's, there's only one thing left to do, right? Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> And just say, say it's it. going to be fine. No, I can't. No. <laughs> Roma Barcelona sounds quite good for fun, doesn't it? No. No. Oh, really? No? No. I think it'll be fun for Bar- to watch Barcelona score lots of goals. I, I, I looked at the quarterfinal draw and I thought, I'll look forward to those semi finals. 
Yeah. I, I, I have got quite a soft spot for Roman Reigns. I think, I think Ray or Juve will be quite good. Yeah, I think you're yes. right there. Yes. Can Gonzalo Higuain choke at the Bernabeu again? Yes. <laughs> I was going to... That'll be fun just for, for sideline... It's not a final, though. It's fight. not a final. No, it's not a final. You have to win the final. He does very well right up in the final. Neither was the first half of the Tottenham game but in the first leg, but... Bringing up bad memories for Jesse and Marilyn. Come on. <laughs> I, I just I hope Juve win that tie. Real Madrid are bad. I, I I hope they do as well. I did describe Gonzalo. I did describe Gonzalo Higuain as a great South African cricketer because of his choking, <laughs> which Jesse now knows all about because you're a big cricket fan, aren't you? Huge cricket fan. How's my team doing? They've not started yet. <laughs> I, it's anticipatory excitement. It's, it's a fun. summer sport. He, he's very much the Herschel Gibbs of the. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, did you know uh, we have a new signing in my cricket team? Which cricket Just, team is this? Uh, the Bears. Oh, the what? As in the Warwickshire Bears? Hampshire. Yeah. R- Ross gave the Hampshire Bears. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure they're now. called the Bears. I don't think they are either. It is the Warwickshire Bears, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, he told me they were the Bears. Well, just call them Hampshire and you can support them. Ross is a liar. But I support Hampshire as well. It's our team, Jesse, not, not your team. It's our team. Yeah. We have a great new signing, Sam. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always liked Sam. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. With his green eggs and ham. Wait, what's our team called? You, the fact that you don't know the, what the team is called. I think I'm just learning. Just, it's fine. Uh, what's our, uh, this is between me and Adam. You'll edit oh. it out. What's our team name, Adam? Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember what the they You'll fix it. You'll fix it in post. Is it Hampshire Royals or something? It pop no. You're getting confused because of uh, this, is, this is top quality podcast. Honestly, I've got, I've got to be honest. I've not watched cricket really since it disappeared off terrestrial. I, I don't know how we haven't won another award. Hey, honestly, me and Adam, are me and Adam are editing here. out all the right stuff. Me and Adam are here. Some of you have won any awards. Yeah, <laughs> there's only two people on this podcast who've won an award. <laughs> Mm. Right, while Adam is finding that, we'll talk quickly about Arsenal and the Europa League. Uh, my friend at work was convinced that the uh, draw for the next round is a fix now they've got Seska Moscow. Um, he thinks it's some kind of Russian Russian sport. meddling? Yeah, again. I saw a fantastic tweet about the <clears> new um, the new chef at ZZ's in Highbury and Islington, just a picture of Vladimir Putin and a pizza. <laughs> uh, Danny Welbeck, is he a, a foreign diver type, um, Ryan? No, he's English. So he's, he's, he's very clever. So he won the penalty <laughs> for those teams. He's the guy was. I mean, I, honestly, I'm I, I, watching it back. I have no idea how the line, the, well, the, the official was standing right next to him and thinks that is a penalty. My friend sent me a, a picture of the, uh, you know, the Olympics when they do the dives and the twists and the what's that <laughs> and, and held up a sign that said 10.0. Are there Arsenal fans um, willing Arsenal to lose in the next round of the Europa League just because it brings around the, no. inevitable, the inevitable end of Wenger? It, it, I, think it, I, think really, I hope, I hope not because it won't work. Yeah. He's no. not leaving. He's not. No. Is he like cockroaches after nuclear wars? Not going <laughs> no, he always honours his contracts. He's made that abundantly clear, even though Real Madrid are no longer interested. <laughs> I don't think anyone's interested at this point. And, I and think at this the, point, the board won't fuck him. Right, right. He's, they're going to give him a big retirement party and they're going to, you know, make a statue of him with his big puffy coat. Um, and and honestly, and all those fans are going to freak out over whoever they bring in and whoever they bring in is going to get fired after one season. They'll have to have like a like a 
lemon sorbet coach just to get the taste of Wenger. That's a brilliant analogy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I, wait, for a second, I thought you meant like as in a, like a coach who specialises in in sorbet, <laughs> like a, like like how René Munnerstein was a skills coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll bring in David Moyes for a season just to like you know cleanse the palate. He's still got a year left on that United contract, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. Some bits and bobs of news this week. Um, Justin, your Super Copper Argentina. Yes, good performance, good result. Actually, actually, that was the uh, River, River's new goalkeeper this year, Franco Armani. Um, after a couple of seasons in the goalkeeping wilderness, and he he won that match. So, thank you, Franco. Uh, well, you beat Boca Juniors two 0 despite the fact that Boca had fifteen shots to your seven and sixty six percent possessions. Gonzalo Martinez and. Ignacio Socco, which is some kind of Spanish yep. nominative determinism. Was your goalkeeper yes. the guy wearing the hat at the end? Uh, Frank Armani, yes. Right. He, yeah. he was wearing a Burger King hat, wasn't he? Because he won Man of the Match. Yeah, I felt a little bad for him there. I forget how the Mon player has to has to <clears throat> uh, acquiesce to these awful commercialized moments like that. I'm sure that was not a dream of his. <laughs> Adam and Brian, do you watch BT Sport? Yeah, on, on occasion, yes. Have you but, seen the? F- Go on. Just Rio Ferdinand's trainers from Wednesday night kind of put me off. So you will listen to Football Weekly as well, won't you? I haven't seen that. <laughs> bit. I haven't listened <laughs> to that one yet. No. But whoever wears um, a granddad's shirt with that suit and short trousers and trainers with no socks, it's it was like it's like a it's like like a mullet, sort of like party and business and all mixed up, but. The orders are all wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I was going to say weird things that they do. When you watch a French game um, on BT Sport, when the players walk off at half-time, the French punditry grab a, a player as he walks off. So they get quite literal sort of instant reaction from a player before he's even got to the dressing room for half-time. They do that in MLS also. Do they? Yeah. That's yeah. bizarre, I know, that is. I know it's not football, but it comes back to cricket. And on the on BT Sport, when they kept showing the Big Bash League... Oh, they um, yes. Well, they have they the mic'd they up. They have players mic'd up, so that it was like Kevin Peterson's last games. He was just chilling now on the on the field. Like, How's it going, Kevin? He's like, it's all right. Players can't catch, but whatever. <laughs> Do you remember when they did that with Shane Warne? And Shane Warne then started a fight with Marlon Samuels while he was still mic'd up. <laughs> Do you what, remember that? What it, Premier League player would you want to have mic'd up? Uh, oh, let me have a think. I mean, there was there was some years ago. I'm sure it was like an FA Cup game or something. And they were asking the manager's opinion while the game was going on from the dugout. Oh, Clemo does that um, um, final score if it's like Eastley Borough or somebody versus somebody it's in the bizarre. I, I I would say I don't want to I don't want to hear what the player says, but I want to hear how much abuse Luke Shaw gets from Jose Mourinho when he's playing on the same side as the pitch <laughs> that Mourinho's on. Run, oh. run, stop running. Uh, <laughs> What else have we got in use? Um, Mario Balotelli has had his yellow card rescinded for gesticulating at Dijon fans who were who he alleges were racially abusing him, although the referee didn't hear. Uh, and also in racism news this week, Leon and Zenit St. Petersburg have been reported after their Europa League games yesterday. Um, Russia's not having a great week. You're, uh, the royal family's not going to the World Cup. England and team might not be going to the World Cup as well. <laughs> and Gavin Williamson, the MP, said Russia should just shut up. Who thought that? Uh, <laughs> told them. That'll tell him. Yeah. When, when, when him in Putin, he just needs to shut up. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. 
That's true. But all that poisoning stuff—that's different. Yeah. Yeah. When when that news about the Royals not going to the World Cup broke, somebody on Twitter asked if Jordan Henderson was related to the royal family in any way. (laughs) (laughs) If the rules aren't going to the World Cup, Adam, does that mean that Prince Harry still goes? Oh. I would lose. I'd be using that loophole if I was him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the North American bid for the World Cup 2026 uh, named 23 cities that we're going to use. Canada got three. Uh, Mexico got three. All the rest are in the United States. Are you guys looking forward to having the World Cup again? No, this is a tremendous development. I don't know if you heard, but a couple of cities said no thanks. Oh, right. Chicago and Vancouver. The, the, the terms that FIFA has always set for host cities have been terrible. Just Just horrible. That. It's actually it's actually kind of shocking some of the the restrictions they place on the host city. They get ten years of of um, tax free, tax free. All, yeah. all just it's just it's incredibly one sided. And as much as I would love to have the World Cup in whatever city I was I'm living in, it, it does it, it is good that now there's maybe a little bit of a reality check for FIFA, and they may have to change terms a little bit and, and be willing to negotiate. I was very glad to see that. As good as my oil company in West Africa. um, Somebody wrote an article a few years ago about the um, effects of um, hosting the Olympics or the World Cups in the city and it in your city, and it's horrible. Most of the cities like really never recover um, economically or socially from from hosting. That's both FIFA and the IOC. So there's a whole chapter in that in Soconomics. Whoever has watched. Watch the 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 John Oliver YouTube clip about hosting the World Cup as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know why he was allowed to be relevant, but didn't Seth Blatter come out and say that that no um, split bids as well? Well, what is Seth Blatter now? I mean, that's the real question. Nothing. Too much. We should all be wearing tighter shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Throws a good World Cup, though, doesn't he? Let him off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Uh, Hillsborough jumpers. Who's or not Hillsborough jumpers? Who's seen this? I have the very weird, random '96 jumpers. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was a reference to something else, wasn't it? It's a Bob Marley song. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the people on Twitter going, "This is an outrage," and then people going, "It's a Bob Marley song," and then we're going, "No, but I'm still outraged." <laughs> it, it is badly designed. Liverpool fans. It, it, Some it Liverpool fans. Designed. Yeah, as I say, it, 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 you know, so surely someone would have looked at that and gone, you know, doesn't that remind you of anything? And I said, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't release it. Well, is it offended by everything, ashamed by... Oh. Uh-oh. 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 Are, you say, are you saying always the victims next? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I can sing it in tune. <laughs> it was, it was, it's been released in America, Top Man selling it worldwide. Well, you can get one, guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's someone sat there in a a London office designing, going, "Oh, this might be a little bit edgy. Let's give it a go." You don't think? I don't think. Have they pulled it off the shelves now? Yeah. Should do. There's something wrong with it. I, I think. I think they have, haven't they? I don't know if they have or not. I, I I honestly didn't think. I mean, I tweeted earlier on today that I don't think Top Man would seriously do that. But it the, the comments that people were making. Very similar to what you just made. <laughs> we're pretty, um, we're pretty questionable as well. They they have withdrawn the shirt amid Hillsborough uh, anger. There you go. So that's you go. Ridic- like that's the world we live in now. We're shouting the loudest, gets you what you want. Like, 
Hey, if you were all Je suis Charlie and you don't like that jumper, there's there's a bit of a difference there. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Vinicius Junior did very well in the Champions League this week. There's an England squad being announced. It's not great. I don't. I, it's quite uh, long as well. <laughs> it's about twenty-seven people. Me and you nearly right, got a call, it, didn't we, Ryan? <laughs> I haven't played in a week, so. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's only twenty-seven, and I you can only take how many to the World Cup? Twenty-three. Yeah. yeah, twenty-three. Yeah. So, I mean, there are, you can already see there's a couple of names in there that are going to get dropped. So Lewis but Cook's I, in there, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'm not looking at our squad going. You know what? We look really good. I think we're really going to progress. Would you ever say that, though, Ryan? Really? No, I mean, you're right. I wouldn't. <laughs> Nick Pope is in that squad. Yeah. That makes me point happy. I made on point I made on Twitter is that he was released by Ipswich at age 16, and now he's been named to his first England squad, which just goes to show if you have a setback, don't give up as long as you are as good as Nick Pope. If you're not, just give up. That's or a really Harry. beautiful, inspirational Twitter uh, post. Or Harry Kane. Careful, everyone. As Eric Wait, Cartman what? said, follow your dreams, you can achieve your goals. Well, I was just looking at that in, in terms of attackers, and obviously because Kane is injured, you, you're looking at Welbeck, Vardy, and Rashford. And Rashford's Ugh. obviously getting lambasted by the, the well, Mourinho. And he's just you're looking at the rest of the squad and thinking, we've not really got that much threat. Like, Vardy hasn't had a, a brilliant season. Welbeck's, well Welbeck's going to get crocked or he's either going to just have a terrible game. And he's just looking at the rest of it going, this just, just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know why you've got four goalkeepers, I don't know. Well, they won't. I mean, they'll only take three. Well, you're, yeah. you're mandated to take three. have to take three, yeah. Yeah, yeah you have to. Do you remember when, was it the Republic of Ireland tried to get around that by by listing Niall Quinn as their third goalkeeper? Was that <laughs> England should have been doing that for years with Phil Jagielka. Why we haven't done that already, I don't know. <laughs> So we're not convinced this is the squad that's going to win us the uh, the World Cup, then? No. I mean, the fact that Joe Hart gets called up. Oh. That... I've, right, two questions. How many squads win World Cups, really? Like, you have to... Why is it seven games? Like, mm. do you... I, I can't even see if it's 11 here. That's the... I mean, well, obviously, I know Kane is injured. That, not that, that, you don't even have, to, you don't have to win a game to win the World Cup. Yeah, should look at Portugal in the yeah. Euros. Um, yeah. Kane is injured. It's a it's a ligament injury, so he should be. I'm not saying this for me right now, Ryan. I'm saying this for you. He should be fine by the World Cup. No, Ryan's saying no. no. Everyone, Ryan well, shaking his head. We, no, we don't know. We don't know, do we? And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, Ryan, might, essentially, it, we don't know anything. It might not be as bad as it looks on paper because I always felt like during the the golden generation years during the the tournaments in the two thousands, they were they were extremely high profile players that were very very famous. Um, you could question if the balance of the squad was ever right, especially through the midfield, and when you're trying to shunt Paul Scholes out and, and make him play as a winger so that two attacking midfielders could play next to each other. So now the names aren't as big. The, the individual accomplishments aren't uh, on the same level as they may have once been. But but there is an opportunity to have a, 11 players playing in their best position, not having to change uh, shape and, and, and accommodate any one player necessarily. Um, I, I, no, I don't expect them to win it. But they might not be as awful 
as you might think by looking at what looks like an underwhelming squad. It, it, there's something to be said for a functioning 11 rather than a collection of, of big names who really only play four positions. I mean, as, as long as when Kane's back, he's not taking corners, I think we will at least do better than we did, did last Did you have to, really? I, I mean, I don't, he's not a corner, though, is he? He's not, he's, he's I mean, not, he shouldn't he, be. He should be not, in the box scoring goals. That's what he does. That was stupid. Kane. That wasn't his fault. Right, okay, good. No, yeah, Glad we're not dig against Kane. Yeah. I mean, okay, fine, fair. No <laughs> one in Chelsea can take a corner either, so I'll worry too much. <laughs> it was just wasting it. It was waste of his talent. To have to sort of confront Paul's goals being wasted for England again today. That wasn't on the... Sorry. Sorry. Um... Uh, just quickly about Joe Hart, because I had this conversation with Colin from the, from the other show as well. Um, if, like I said, squads don't win you World Cups. If you're taking a third goalkeeper, is there a better option than Joe Hart? Someone with 50-odd England caps who's played in major yeah. tournaments? Yeah, you mean, you, you'd like to think there's an opportunity to bring someone that, it, as, as you say, you're not going to use that player in the, in the tournament. So is there a younger player who could benefit from the experience? Um, you know, well, maybe that's... That's where someone I, like Nick Pope pick, might pick, fit in. Pick, but Butland and Pope are, are, the, are the three right choices. They're the, the three England goalkeepers in form. Yeah. I mean, it seems silly to, to put Joe Hart in that mix when he's barely played. Tough to call that form. The, the other thing, too, that's kind of undeniable about, about Joe Hart is I think, I think, and I'm saying this as an American from across, across the pond, um, you, you guys can correct me if you feel this is inaccurate, but, but do... I would think a, f- a sizable percentage of the fan base in England, people who want to see the national team do well, m- may associate Joe Hart quite negatively with with major tournaments. Just in, in general, Halo Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, come. But I just think that just sat there in a World Cup. If we're going into a World Cup quarterfinal, we've somehow lost two goalkeepers to injury. Which I still one, wouldn't want what, him. I still what makes you feel better? Um, a player who might have zero England caps in Nick Pope or Joe Hart? Nick Pope. I think you take Nick Pope. Nick Pope, mm. right? Like, 100%. yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I disagree. What What do you get from Joe Hart? What It's it's just the the experience? Chest, some, chest something I, shouting. I, yeah, I know, I know where you're going with this, uh, it, but there's something actually wrong with him technically. Um, where he's not able to, he's got the experience. He's played in World Cups, he's played a lot. He's got a lot of England caps and all that. So I understand it from that perspective. But I don't think he can magically replicate the player he used to be. There's there's actually something wrong with what he's doing in goal that that means he's he's not even close to the goalkeeper he once was. And he he, he can't hold down a place at West Ham, and he gets another chance. You know, um, and it's the same kind of. That there's there's something not right. Uh, I've talked. To, we I don't know. It's, it's, there's something going on with this set position. He's suddenly unable to save shots low to his left. Um, I also think uh, Nick Pope. Anyway, you know, I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think we've ever got to a third goalkeeper since they went to mandated three goalkeepers at the World Cup. I don't think one's ever stepped on the pitch for a second. So it's, it's probably not much of an well, issue. Well, U- UFO it, expert Nick Pope did have to put a tweet out this week saying he hadn't been chosen for England. So, uh, but he said, "Thank I, you for your kind messages." Anyway, um, who saw Michael Carrick, a thirteen-year-old Michael Carrick, on the internet this week? I missed that. He was yeah. on. It was Andy Peters introducing a thirteen-year-old Michael Carrick on Live and Kicking. Do you remember Live and Kicking, guys? Yeah. No. 
Well, you wouldn't. It was. <laughs> I've seen it. It was a Saturday morning TV program. Uh, Jesse doesn't even know who Zoe Ball is. Yeah. Andy Peters. <laughs> Guys, there are so many things I don't know. <laughs> Andy Peters is also a guy that, that doesn't look like he's any different, and it's been like 10, 15 years. And who saw uh, the club director get in trouble for kicking a chicken? I apologize on behalf of my yeah, country. But where was, I will where tell was you, this? Did you see the follow up? Yeah. No, go on, you explain. Uh, okay, so Racing played Phoenix, two tiny teams in Montevideo, and Phoenix thought that they would get a rise out of Racing by, I don't even understand this compulsion, putting, um, setting chickens. This was like, do you guys have like senior pranks? This was like, what this, oh, my dog's about to attack a thing. <laughs> um, by uh, setting chickens free onto the pitch dressed in brassing colors. This was actually the senior prank in my high school. Ask me how I wound up with two chickens as pets for a week. Um, mm-hmm. And so, A, that was horrible and stupid, but B, then the, the um, opposing coach tried to get the chicken off the pitch, and when that didn't work, because chickens are, like, adjacent to cats and you, they're, you know, opposed to being caught, um, he kick in. So um, an animal rights group in Uruguay condemned condemned his actions um, and uh, asked that he be censured for animal cruelty. And he said, um, it's no different from going out the next day and eating chicken that you buy in the market. Well, I don't go around kicking my dinner. Uh, which I, I was going to say, yeah. um, listen... Almost lifelong vegetarian here, and I don't even agree with that because if you're going to eat the chicken, you're not going to kick it halfway across the soccer pitch to eat it. Um, but he has been censured, which I agree with. <laughs> God, I my feel question, like my question to you, Chris, is how did you even find out about that? Do you have like some sort of Chris, Google alert for crazy yeah, Uruguayan Googles. news? I was going to say, Chris Googles insanity Uruguay. Oh, no, I've, uh, a guy called Galazzo Argentina, Peter Coates, uh, or Coates, if he was Sebastian's relation. He um, he got retweeted onto my timeline, and I saw it. Um, right, some football coming in in, in Europe land this weekend. Uh, Barcelona play Atletico Bilbao. Uh, Real Madrid are at home to seventh place, My Girona. Uh, Villarreal play in sixth place, Atletico Madrid in second uh, in Germany, Red Bull Leipzig is sixth played Bayern Munich. Uh, Italy round with the BT Sport. Juventus are four points clear after beating Atalanta 2-0 on Wednesday night. That was a game that was called off because of snow the other week. Uh, Juve are away to Spal this weekend. Sampdoria are at home to Inter. And Napoli are at home to Genoa. So some standard games there. In France, it's looking pretty tasty. As third place, Marseille plays fourth place, Lyon. That's the French game on BT Sport, 8 o'clock. Uh, and earlier in the day is Nice versus PSG. But it's all happening in Turkey this weekend, guys. We've got fourth place Fenerbahce versus first place Galatasaray. Uh, and also third place Istanbul Bakashir versus second place Besiktas. So it's all happening there. So if you can find some kind of Turkish stream on Reddit, then <laughs> that's the place to go looking. Um, what is that derby called, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce? Is that the Bosphorus? Yes, I think it is, isn't it? Because they're both one side each, aren't they? Yeah. Um, also, uh, 20-year-old Uruguayan wonderkin Diego Rossi 
turned 20 and scored the very first goal for Los Angeles FC, newest LA club. So that's fun. That's Other good. news in Uruguay. <laughs> Did he kick a chicken afterwards? Oh. <laughs> no, he ate <clears throat> tofu. <laughs> in the privacy of his own home. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in privacy of his own home, he probably sort of ate like a raw steak or something. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. Probably. <laughs> okay, Huddersfield versus Palace in the Premier League coming up this weekend. Um, Wilfred Zaha could well be back. Um, Patrick Van Arnholt scored in his last two games. Only three players have scored in three consecutive Premier League games uh, and lost, uh, which is Alan Smith, Michael Antonio, Mark Viduca and Kevin Phillips. Is he going to join that list? Um, because... Huddersfield did beat Palace 3-0. And Palace have lost their last four. It's not looking good for them, is it? It's really yeah, but Huddersfield, they're dreadful also, so... <laughs> what do you think? An honor- a dishonourable draw, then? I think I, don't know, I think one of them will win. I don't think it'll be Palace. One of them, though. yeah? Yeah, I don't think it'll be a draw. I, I think there's too much at stake for it to be a draw. Yeah. A win would drag Huddersfield back into this. They're only four points ahead of 18th place, Palace. I could see that this is like a 2-1. This is going to be like an ugly... You know, fight. It's up north. It will be. There'll be sort of locals banging drums and things like that. <laughs> up north. Yeah. They're Vikings, something. They're, they're not drums. They're um, saucepans. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> Just repurposed. Although to be fair, Hampshire's north of where I am, so you know you're from the dirty north too, Adam. Oh. <laughs> uh, Stoke versus Everton, Adam. Um, Guildford. Get excited. Yeah. Guilfrey Sigurd isn't out for six to eight weeks. So does that mean he's out for the season, I think? Is he? Or is he back for the last couple of weeks? It'd be a shame if he missed the World Cup, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, he won't miss the World Cup then in that time frame, will he? Six to eight weeks. No. He'll be fine. You could do I've, been to Ice- I've been to Reykjavik recently. They love him there. Oh, do they? Yeah. Do they love him more than I do Johnson? I saw zero references to Good Johnson, so... Disgusting. Well, <laughs> former Spurs legend, Guilfrey Sigurdsson. You're doing well to get an injury now, aren't you? Get an injury now, put yourself out for six to eight weeks. You missed the rough and tumble at the end of the Premier League and you come good for the World Cup. Yeah, now uh, he's okay with an Uruguayan getting hurt. <laughs> the, the win against Brighton last week just meant that they can just shut down now anyway. Where are you now in the league? You are... Doesn't matter. A red <laughs> You're only nine points behind... Oh, you're only 11 points behind Arsenal. <laughs> You're going for I mean, Theo Walcott can score so many goals for you. I mean, I mean, the best case scenario is what that we do. We don't get relegated. Check. Sam Allardyce gets fired. Check. <laughs> well, Stoke have got no wins in five at least, and Paul Lambert has not beaten Everton in eight Premier League attempts. Um, though you won't want Wayne Rooney on corners, will you? Uh, on corners, on penalties. Has he missed his last three? Sam said he's done, didn't he? Oh, did Although he? that's kind of ironic because Sam's done. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's... Um, it, you're not going to be giving him a ticket tape parade as he leaves, are you, Adam? No. Just a trail of gravy to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, of course, is the fixture where Wayne Rooney got his Manchester United record-breaking goal, wasn't it? That was against Stoke. What, Everton-Stoke? That, been, that was a real achievement if he got it there. <laughs> you know what I mean. Stoke are the butt of all the records, aren't they? <laughs> they seem to be. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? We've got uh, Burnley versus West Bromwich Albion. Uh, or Bournemouth versus West Bromwich Albion. Josh King's a doubt. Um, 
Bournemouth have scored in their last 11 Premier League games, but have only clipped one clean sheet. But this has got to be, this is as close to a gimme as they can get, isn't it? I think so. Well, yeah, then... West Brom is so gone at this point. It's... My fantasy football team is full of Bournemouth players this week. This is one I of the games... I said full of West Brom players. I thought that's an empty strategy. <laughs> <laughs> got to differentiate myself from the, other, from the crowd. Individually, they're amazing. <laughs> um, this is one of West Brom's three wins, wasn't it? This is the opening game of the season. They won 1-0. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was that was not Pardy. Let's remember that. Not Pardiola. Uh, Bournemouth are winless in four, including two four-one losses. So we get, can we see any hope for, for West Brom? We're right, sort of barking up the hey. tree. Jesse's not yeah. even looking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's looking ceiling, at ceiling. The ceiling's crashing down, which is a, a metaphor, probably for West Brom. Is the, the ceiling, ceiling actually crashing down? down? Because that that's quite worrying. That's eh, fine. Don't worry about me. Fair enough. Um, and Liverpool versus Watford. This is the BT Sport game and the John Barnes derby. Um, Liverpool have uh, not lost consecutive Premier League games under Jurgen Klopp. In fact, haven't done so since September 2015. So, Justin, it's going to be fine, isn't it? Yes, Chris, it this is. is the one where you could say it. Yeah, just say it. it. Is. Yeah. Come on. You think? I'm going to say that. It is going to be fine. Nothing can go wrong now. Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> De- 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 is injured. You'll be all right. I really... Speaking of, did anybody see the, the Gomes tweet where Watford, the official club account said that he missed out for personal reasons and he beat back to the club account and said, no, I haven't. I have nothing oh, going. Wasn't selected. Oh, no. That's yeah. not good when you do something not, like not that. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's bad Twitter etiquette and I think he needs to get his PR piece. <laughs> that should have been a DM really, shouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. But if he, if, but if they've tried to throw him a bone, haven't they? If he's <laughs> If he if it's true, if he's right, that that's what Twitter's for for players. I mean, to to set the record straight on things like that. Yeah, but he's and getting a great, fine for that. One. It's great entertainment for for the neutrals. Uh, this game averages three point four goals. This fixture again. It will. It will be fun. It will be yeah. fun. Yeah. Almost like Liverpool can't defend. <laughs> I don't think they've all been that way at Anfield, unfortunately. Uh, right in the cup we've got Wigan versus Southampton which is uh, Mark Hughes's debut what do you think about the Mark Hughes appointment good bad meh I think it I think it could work out pretty well um, I know for some unbeknown reason I've always wanted him to do well as a manager hold on what you're telling me all, after all this time all I had to do was go on the other podcast for everyone to be pro Mark Hughes yeah, I've been fighting all on my own over there. Obviously, he's obviously got a bit of a you know history with Chelsea, which is always good. But I mean, he's—I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I think he—it wasn't his fault at Stoke, and I think Charlie Adam has come out and pretty much said the same thing. The players were to blame. It was definitely his fault. QPR. He just hasn't, as, yeah. as a manager, he still hasn't quite found a way for his volleying skills to pay off. <laughs> I think what concerns me is if you're if you're Southampton and you need to. You maybe want a man who's going to come in, work hard on the training ground, and you're going to see those results. Is it going to be Mark Hughes coming in and joining in in five aside? Probably not. No. Well, who's I available think... though? What for a, for a manager? Well, no one is. And I think as a Southampton fan, I would have wanted someone to come in long term. And obviously, sacking a manager, what five, six, seven, eight games. Right, that's what I was going to say. Time. Like, was anybody going to make the difference that they wanted them to make right now at this point no. in the season? No. Mark Hughes is—is he—he—he's one of those appointments where he will at least—he will more than likely steady the ship. And you know, there's always that little bit of a managerial bump. So I think they'll get enough points where they're safe. I don't think they'll give him the job 
full time next season. You mean Alan Pardew manager? He did have a bump. It's just that it goes horribly wrong afterwards. Um, I would say that this is the one of the first examples of a club that is normally impeccable in their decision making. A, a club that got a lot of sticks at Nigel Atkins to bring in Pochettino, replaced and then have replaced every time they've lost a manager or a player almost on. perfectly without fail. Um, I'm not saying even that the, the appointment was wrong, but he was able to to skirt along for maybe a month or two too long when this the sort of no decision was the worst decision they could have made. Mm. Sorry, Jess, you're going to say something. No, almost exactly what Adam said. I think that, um, you know, we talked about this a while ago, that at this point there are, like, most of the managers in rotation now, A, are just in rotation, and B, are brought in more to just maintain and stabilize, and I think that's not going to change, which is disappointing. I want, you know, somebody to think outside the box, and I know most of all of this is money, but I want somebody to think outside the box and bring in somebody fresh and new, and I mean, you Tony know, not available. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> you can bring and Tony. not Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't want Alan Pardew to have another job. I just think that is. I'll drive Allardyce there myself. <laughs> I never want to say Sam Allardyce or Alan Pardew or Tony Pulis like again. I just don't. Guys, I'm watching two Augsburg players have a fight in the middle of the pitch while a game's going on. Excellent. They've gone yep. all Lebo, you're in Kieran Dyer. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen that before. <laughs> Fantastic. I think there's something wrong with the fact that that Lee Bowyer reference is probably the most recent one you've done to me. <laughs> living in the past is the best Don't forget to the live. time the ball hit the corner flag in the... <laughs> 1992, I think it was? The White yeah. Cup final. <laughs> yeah. It was all trees and fields back then. Um, will Saints be quite happy to lose this game? Because it's one less thing for them to worry about while they can concentrate on... I think he's pretty much said as much, hasn't he? He said he won't, he won't sacrifice... Well, I can't remember. He said he wouldn't sacrifice either the league form or the FA Cup to to try. I think he said he wouldn't sacrifice the league to, to have an FA Cup run. At this I point. think I, I, if I was a Southampton fan, I'd be incredibly disappointed if we weren't trying to win that game, considering it's followed by international duty. It's not like it's hot on the heels of another Premier League tie. Mm, mm. True. Uh, and finally, the FA Cup. It is Fernando Lorente going home, Jesse. Who is it? <laughs> It's double L and he's going to Wales, so isn't it Fernando <laughs> Clorente? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, how are you guys going to get on? No, Harry Kane. So is, is Lorente going to start? Jorente, whatever. Uh, I don't know. He hasn't started in a really long time. Um, and I feel like Ori. Almost like the last FA Cup time. About it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so He's called a hat trick, the poor man. Oh, he's made uh, that. Uh, he scored he? a hat trick for Chelsea in the FA Cup games, didn't do I don't even remember the much away at Chelsea. Um, oh, I hate the game isn't there. No, Ryan, stop. Was he not unbeaten at home in the last eight? You're all wrong. You're all terrible people. I'm just. You can have your own opinions, but you can't have your own facts. They're alternative facts. Oh, I can. I, you don't know where I live, Adam. Yeah. I can have facts. 
Just input Jesse E. She's going to win, isn't? Or Tottenham are going to win, aren't they? I'm not sure I can in this case. They probably will. But remember, Adam early on said has has Courtois sneakily had a bit of a, of a bad season. Do you know who sneakily had a very uh, very good season? It's uh, Lucas Fabianski. Um, Fabianski's been very, very good for Swansea. He can steal one. It's just one game, and he can steal one. He can make a, make a few saves, and, and they nick a goal the other end. I can, I can see it. It's former Arsenal goalkeeper. Them, and I also really yeah, they, like... they... Uh, we alternate with like good performances with pretty shitty performances. <laughs> at least that alternation, that. that alternation in the FA Cup is draw the draw the away tie, play and in a Wembley and win. Yeah, 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 and still, I mean, you know, plagued by injuries. Classic. We're at we're at, we're at uh, no more replays stage now, right? We, we could have penalties. No, no replays in this game. They do in the yeah. quarterfinals. Yeah, not oh, until it's, it's in the semis. There's no more. Oh, semifinals, no replays. Oh, okay, that's a disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, unfortunately. Games, games should go. All games should in the go. olden days, they never played at Wembley. <laughs> okay. That's true as well. Yeah. In fact, do you remember? You won't remember 1991 when Liverpool and Everton had about four replays. 1991 is a good year. You've been 28 for as long as I've been doing this podcast, which is at least the last five years. (laughs) Guys, right. AOB for anybody. Uh, Belgium disinvited the guy who was going to create and sing their World Cup theme song because his lyrics include themes of violence against women and anti-Muslim themes and homophobia, so that's a step in the right direction. Good job, Belgium. Good job, home of Toby. How did they pick him in the first place? I originally appoint him for that job. Because, <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I forgot that we have that to look forward to, the, the recording of, of... Terrible songs, right? Yeah, so, so bad. It's I mean, like Shakira's but... only good moments. <laughs> the, the sides that, that do it tongue-in-cheek have a, a little bit better chance, but there's still some that do it in pure earnestness. And it's it's all, only all... good when Ricky Martin does it. I think we need to bring and I stick to my guns all that. Say, is Anne up to it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> up, it'll be fine. No, you guys, you know it's going to be One Direction. Don't, like, you know that. One Direction isn't a thing anymore, Jesse. God. Are they not a thing? Come on, Grandma. It's on me head, son, not off me head, son. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm, I'm behind the times. It's like when the Soviet Union split apart. All of a sudden, problems got 12 times worse. One direction split apart. They're sort of How four or five separate entities. There? About five they're, now. They're, they're five directions? We've got five individual solo careers rather than one God. band. Yeah. Well, that's just... Yeah. Not even... De- Blue doesn't like that either. Well, Jesse, if people want to sort of talk to you on Twitter about One Direction, how do they do that? Uh, Jesse Loesch. They could let me know about all the directions, what, but I'm What's Blue's for. Twitter account? Blue should have a... T- Blue is very opinionated. At woof woof. Clearly. <laughs> Justin, how do they get in touch with you on Twitter? Every every time I do this every Friday, I just... It makes me lament when I chose this handle, but it's keepers union with an underscore between those two words. Why? Can, can, you, not get, can you not get one without the underscore? I don't know. You can change. Know. Can, can you gonna... change that part of it? You, you can, can yeah, change that part, yeah. It. Oh, yeah, everybody stay tuned for next week when Justin potentially has a, a Twitter handle with different grammar. At I would just prefer to not have the underscore. Yeah. Can it have like an asterisk and some parentheses and a, and a percentage? I, I want whatever the simplest thing to say would be. In <laughs> Ryan, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Mine is the Ryan Good. 
That's uh, Ronnie Goblin. Adam, you? Adam SA101. Okay, Adam SA101. Right, at Man on the Post is the Twitter account for Man on the Post and the Instagram account as well. Um, Matt, Colin, and oh, the other two, oh, I forgot. Is it Jonathan? Excellent. I think it's Jonathan. I yeah. think it's Jonathan. Apologies if it's not you, Jonathan, but you're the, 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 the Dutch football expert. They have what I think he's called Jonathan. Anyway, they'll be back on next week. Um, they had a podcast out this week and it automatically fell into their iTunes inboxes. They subscribed on iTunes, all of them. Ryan, yes. you've you got a crappy old phone, haven't you? <laughs> I've got a, 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 a top of an Android kind. So how do you... Pod, podcast Republic or Podcast Lounge or anything like that, if you subscribe, or the A app, if you subscribe, it will automatically land in your inbox as well. It's almost like it's the same technology, but... Whatever. Ryan, what kind of phone does Martin have? He actually has an iPhone. Hey! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can download it from the website as well, manofthepost.com. Is that right? If I... Uh, <laughs> this week, yes. Crash it. Well, we're always looking for people to write articles, aren't we? Yes, we are. So um, you... I know Ross, obviously, I wasn't here to promote it last week, and I can't remember if you did or not. Ross did something last week on Football Manager... 1995 database, which I've set up as well, and it's actually really interesting oh. to relive the 1995 to 96 season. Great days. It, yeah, so I've gone, I've looked at the Chelsea squad, and it's just like people. I mean, Petrescu's like a four and a half star out of five right back, which is a bit surprising. Um, the first game like I can remember it. is in 1996. So that would have been Daniel Amakachi back then. Uh, Paul Rideout for what just, just footballers in general or? no these are Everton players you're, you're, still, you're still looking blankly at me Adam <laughs> it's interesting because you've got, you've got like because the problem is the, the bit I can remember is the goal that Eric Cantona scored against Liverpool in the FA Cup final I, well the thing is I can't remember that because I can't remember anything about that day because I drank my rather expanding body weight in alcohol to get over that <laughs> although I did watch there was two Manchester United fans in the bar in central Liverpool where I watched it and they got very very quiet throughout the course of the afternoon can imagine they probably would yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, guys the website anyway and it's, it's very good so. that's fantastic okay. alright guys thank you ever so much for listening and thank you ever so much guys for coming on thank, thank you thanks no worries and always remember to keep your man on the post